Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. For those of you who are just joining us, welcome. We are in the middle of this sermon series called Jesus and Justice. It's so good. We're just looking at Jesus and Justice. It's all in the title. We're looking at the Savior, this guy who was here 2,000 years ago and, and yet like embodied God on earth. And, and we're looking at uh, justice and, and this deep desire that everyone at New City has for the world to be a little bit more fair and holistic and repaired, where everyone can have their needs met and we can all share in abundance. Does anyone want that? Anyone out there interested in that? A little bit of justice? No? Okay, yeah, just me. Okay, cool, cool, cool. It's just for me. Um, so we are um, we're in the middle of this sermon series, and I wanted to pick this um, story in particular because um, uh, last week we had a sermon where we talked about this, um, this story in the book of Joel, which uh, is also referenced in the New Testament, that says, children will prophesy, elders will dream, young leaders will see visions. Children will prophesy, elders will dream, young leaders will see visions. And so um, I know that there's a lot of different ages of people in church, uh, in, in this setting right now. I just want you to know that God's spirit is trying to offer you something no matter what age you are. If you're a child, that means uh, prophesy. Prophesy means you're showing us what the world can be like. If you're an elder, then you got to dream some dreams, okay? Big dreams. And if you're a young leader, then it's time to see some visions. So this is all of us. The Holy Spirit um, comes down. God's inspiration comes down. And all of us get this word. And, you know, it's after weeks like last week where it was like, bow, like, wow, the Spirit is like here. And we're doing things. This is exciting. The energy in the room was wild. It's easy to be like, wow. I'm so inspired. And then on Monday, be like, back to the grind. You know, like, like we found God on Sunday, but like, it doesn't matter on Monday, right? And, and one of the deep ruts that we can find ourselves in, one of the deep ruts of our culture right now is, um, is around cancel culture. And, and I just want to name as we're looking at this scripture that it's really easy to cancel the community leader in this story, the synagogue leader. The, you know, Jesus was like, you hypocrite. And if this were like 2022, you know, can you imagine the TikToks? Ooh, can you imagine the Twitter? Ooh, hashtag cancel synagogue leader. Like, ha- like it would be, can you imagine can you imagine the pack mentality of all of the internet just being like, can you believe that he saw this woman and he would not let her be healed? Oh my gosh. And like, that would be, uh, uh, it's, I know that it's really easy to do that. But I, I think that there's a lot more complexity in this story than simply cancel culture. I think that um, uh, this leader is part of this uh, pulling together this faith community in an oppressive society, as in like there are people who are in charge who are like 
uh, oppressing and making the lives hard for people who are trying to gather in this community, Jesus' Jewish community. There are people who are, like, um, who are really struggling and who are hungry and who are poor and who are desperate, and Jesus is in this community with all those folks. And this synagogue leader is trying to keep the ship afloat. You know, I don't know if you've ever organized something together. I don't know if you've ever been part of a... I don't know if you've ever been a pastor, but, like, sometimes it's just, like, we're just trying to, like, keep something, just, like, where are the name tags? We're trying to do the name tag. You know, like, we're just trying. At this point, we're at, like, the third backup for name tags. We're doing it. We're doing it. And sometimes, um, you know, sometimes when we're creating uh, communities together, we create rules and the rules are kind of like how um, a shared understanding of how we're going to be together. For example, if someone came here and started pushing everyone, we would create a rule so that you can't push each other, and that would be kind of for the benefit of the whole community. And similarly, in this um, uh, tradition, there is this thing called Sabbath, and Sabbath is a day of rest, and, and there was a rule that one day out of the week, everyone is going to rest together as community. Everyone's going to come in and, and uh, read some scripture and be in community. We'll share a special meal together and we'll rest. And that was like the one big rule that was like keeping all the community together. And you know, if it was t- anything 2,000 years ago like it is today, you know that there were constantly folks who are kind of like, but can the Sabbath be on, like, Wednesday today? Or, like, can, what, are, what if I did, like, two Sabbaths next week and didn't do one this week? Or, like, what, you know, like, you know that there are always people flexing. I'm sure that that, <laughs> that synagogue leader's email was just packed with people being like, oh, sorry, I couldn't do Sabbath this week. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And, like, and, um, you know, sometimes as a community, it's like, well, grace abounds, and that's great. And sometimes as a community, it's like, well, if we don't hold certain rules together, then we actually aren't a community. Like if we keep making exceptions to the rule, if someone's pushing someone and we keep making exceptions, like, oh, it's okay for that person to push someone, then eventually this isn't a safe space anymore. And so like the rule for Sabbath was like, we're all going to come together and rest here. And this synagogue leader is like, I have to hold this rule together. And um, and then comes Jesus, and he's teaching in the, in the synagogue. And by the way, whenever you have a guest preacher, you know that they're going to stir up some stuff, right? Like, there's always, it's always the guest preacher. And, and he comes and shows and reminds this synagogue leader a really important lesson. And that is that it's not that the Sabbath rule is bad. It's that the rules were never meant to replace God. It's not that the Sabbath rules are bad. It's not that rules aren't bad. It's that, like, if we're going to be a community of faith, that means a a community that is trying to love God and and embody God's love, then, then, like, we are responsive with the Spirit. We're not just looking at a hard and fast law. We're looking at a Spirit that is moving constantly. It's kind of like... Sometimes we have rules that you don't push each other, but if the Spirit says that we all have to like dance and, and then a mosh pit starts, a Holy Spirit mosh pit, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there's, some, there's some New City folks who have been in a mosh pit this week. We all know that like 
sometimes things shift. Uh, sometimes the rules shift depending on who's, on who's in the room. And the spirit is inviting us to create a dynamic space. Dynamic means that the, the rules can bend or shift based off of who is on uh, in the room. And, um, you know, social media makes it seem like social justice is just like this secret ritual to be memorized and that there's somehow like this rule that is always consistently the same. And, and um, whenever, I, I don't know if you ever see like memes or like these little videos that are like, can you believe that this guy did this? And then, and then there's always like the second person who like corrects them. And it's kind of this like weird domination energy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I, there was, <laughs> like I'm a pastor and that means that I get pastor memes in my social media. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dark place of the internet. <laughs> and, um, and the meme was like, um, like a conservative came to my church and said, I can't believe you let women preach. And I responded, I, uh, I don't. And the conservative said, good. And he said, I don't let women preach. The Lord lets women preach. And it was just like, oh, gosh. Like, for real. Like, that kind of, like, exhausting gotcha moment. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's just like, and then they were uh, disgraced and a fool, and I was right. Like, it's kind of like, oh, my gosh. Like, the Discovery Channel is the place where I want to see, like, the takedown and the hunt. I don't need to see that, like, on my social media. And so um, I'm not on social media a ton anymore, by the way. <laughs> that wasn't clear. And, and, but the reason why this is important for justice is because in this weird place called the Internet, it's like there's kind of this implication that it's always very clear what fairness looks like, what justice looks like, and what right action looks like. Like in this weird fantasy place called the internet, it's like, well, duh, why aren't you doing this? And in real life, it can be more complex. In fact, in, in my experience, it's almost always more complex in real life, especially when we're um, looking at very complicated issues, very complicated interactions. So, um, like, Sometimes we just dance the best we can, even if we don't know all the steps. Sometimes it kind of feels like we are improvising our way into justice because there's some like unexpected circumstances that come up. After this sermon, um, I'm gonna have a chance uh, for just like a few people. If there's anyone who wants to like speak to what is sticking out to them or an experience or a story that they have, um, there will be a time for you to share like two and a half minutes, like short, short, short. Um, and, and one of the things that I'm curious in hearing is if there was ever like an ambiguous situation where you were like kind of trying to do your best or you saw someone trying to do their best and it wasn't totally clear. Um, it kind of reminds me of um, contact improv has, is there anyone in here who has done, we have a picture here, contact improv? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So um, so my friend, cut to my friend being like, hey, do you want to go to like a dance class thing? And I'm like, sure. Uh, as someone who has been lightly trained in ballet, tap, jazz, hip hop, Afro, and uh, Afro jazz and musical theater, like, I guess, I guess I 
give it a shot <laughs> to like an intro class because I have learned a lot of rules for dance. Like I've like literally in, in dance, there's like numbers for the positions for how to do things. There's rules. And I'm like, I know like kind of a lot of rules. So um, I think this will be easy, whatever, whatever. And so we show up to this thing called contact improv, which is, um, it's not like ballet. It's I'm just gonna it's, I'm just gonna go at it today, right there. Um, like uh, like put your if you feel comfortable, put your hand like this, and then put your other hand like this, and kind of like push one side to the other side, and then push the other side to the other side, and then like displace your hands a little bit, and see just kind of like. Okay, so that's contact, that's a little bit of contact. So like the idea of contact improv is like, you are like creating a choreography together based off of like the pressure and equilibrium of each other's bodies against each other. And so someone might like lean and based off of that lean, you kind of do a this. And based off of that movement, the person kind of like tucks underneath. And so it's like, it's kind of like you're having a conversation with your bodies and it's really cool. It's really like refreshing and, and unlike anything I've ever done. Um, but you know, I, uh, I, I didn't know any of that going, <laughs> going into this class and there was no like tutorial for what contact improv was. And so I show up and they're like, okay, begin. And they like play some music and everyone's just like going around and starting to like pair up and do these things. And I was like, not knowing what this was, I was like, okay, I guess it's just like, put your hand on their shoulder and then do a dance. And so I was just kind of like doing this thing and people were like, what is going on right now? And I'm like, do you want to do like a lift? And they're like, a, what? And like, we can't talk. We can't like talk this out. And I'm like, and so like at one point, that was the first time I was completely bewildered. People were very confused. And the second one, I came back and I was like, you know, because no one corrected me or anything. I was like, I think I pretty much got contact improv. And the second time, um, I'm dancing with someone and it was like the most grounded, spiritually whole person in the whole world. And he was like, okay, let's stop here. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I don't know if if what we're experiencing is contact improv, what do, do you, do you want a little introduction? <laughs> and it was like, wow, so helpful. Also deeply humiliating, but so helpful. So helpful. I did not go back, but it was so helpful. And, um, <laughs> and so I just feel like sometimes when we're trying to create community, sometimes when we're trying to, like, you know, organize the people uh, or uh, get the cats together, whatever it is. Sometimes we create these rules that's like, you know what? This is just how it's going to be. This is just what is going to happen. And I feel like Jesus comes in and he's like, hey, do you want to do some contact improv? <laughs> and we're like, what? <laughs> what do you mean we can flex on rules? What do you mean that we're supposed to respond to the people in front of us and not simply like kind of 
uh, observe this institution. Like, but that, but, but that's the, that, that's kind of like the whole way that we make meaning. That's our whole vocabulary of how we move as a people of faith. And Jesus is like, okay, so let's pause here and, um, and let's talk about what it means to be a child of God, um, what it means to be loved by God. Jesus calls out to this person who is suffering and he's like, this is a daughter of Abraham, which is to say, this woman shares a lineage in this faith tradition that the synagogue is dedicated to serving. Jesus is like, hey, so there's this person who's like part of our community and, and, and is a child of God and is like squarely in the mission of this organization. And we uh, have an opportunity for her to find uh, health care and, and we're not going to delay on that. And that is actually what it means to be in the mission of this community. That's actually the deeper understanding of what it means to be a community of God. Jesus was showing us how to improvise a little bit. Jesus was also showing us that um, the best time to get women health care is now. So, um, but do you see how like, like, Jesus isn't saying, forget the Sabbath, like, forget this day of rest, never rest, we have to be healing everyone. We know how that goes, right? We know what happens when we just make more rules out of Jesus breaking rules. Jesus is instead trying to show you a different way of showing up to the world. And so uh, we see these different moves, like, uh, even in this one story, there's, I see, like, at least four different moves. So Jesus um, re redirects attention to create justice. There was like this whole thing going on. Jesus was teaching a class and he said, we're going to pause the whole crowd learning this one thing so that we can focus on the healing love of God. So he redirects attention. He um, showed care for others. He called out hypocrisy and he built a movement. Did you notice how all of this was building it up for the crowd? Unlike the memes, this is not just about winning and feeling like you're right in a fight. This is about building up a community of people who believe change is possible. And so, like, I know that, um, uh, yeah, that's okay, um, that there are, there's, like, some kids in this room, and I want to name that, like, sometimes when you're in school, if you see someone sitting by themselves at the lunch table, it's, like, easy to have rules of, like, well, someone sitting by themselves um, always needs a friend. And, and the rule is I'm always going to go up and sit with them. But sometimes people need some space by themselves or sometimes people need quiet by themselves. And, and the, that rule isn't always right. And, and sometimes if um, uh, uh, people who are sitting at a table with a lot of people might actually prefer to be sitting by themselves. Okay, introverts, I see you. It's okay. We're okay. We know that you're reading Goosebumps in the corner and loving it. We know that you're rocking the Animorphs. It's cool. So the point is like, sometimes you come on situations where you're not totally sure what to do. And God is trying to show us like different options. So you have uh, different ways to respond. And by the way, Jesus did like a lot of different things to create justice depending on the situation. And so uh, here's just a, a, an abbreviated list. Uh, Jesus prayed to create justice. Jesus disrupted problematic things. This is when he was flipping tables. Jesus mentored other people. Jesus prioritized, um, as in like 
seek first the kingdom of God, like Jesus showed how we are supposed to prioritize the time. Jesus confronted people in power. Jesus rested. He studied. He reconciled and repaired uh, with people, healing relationships. He ate with people. He envisioned new worlds, and he grieved. These are all moves that Jesus had to create justice in society because the reality is that the monsters that we are fighting are too complex to have one simple solution. We need to be able to like move in a lot of different ways because you know that the empire is like, okay, did any of you ever see X-Men Apocalypse? <laughs> it's like, okay, okay. So like, uh, the sentinels were like these um, uh, creatures, these monsters, who could adapt to any of the X-Men's powers. And so someone would shoot them with fire, and then they would turn into ice, and then they wouldn't like be harmed by fire anymore. And then someone would like hit them with something, and then they would turn into rock, and so they couldn't be hit. So this is what evil is like, is kind of like a sentinel that's constantly adapting and being like, oh, uh, uh, you're going to create justice, or you're going to um, uh, help people in that certain way? Well, now that doesn't work anymore. And so we have to kind of like constantly be applying pressure in different ways in order to actually make progress. And we have this great story with Jesus showing us like how God imagines justice work in the world. And, and part of our work as a community of faith is to try to embody the love and imagination of God so that when we're out in the world, we're not simply just doing one thing, but we're doing all sorts of things to create a new world. We're trying to be flexible. We're trying to be dynamic and improvisational. And I just want to name, when you look at this list, whatever the hardest one is for you, that's probably what Jesus is asking you to work on. Oh, I hate to hear it, huh? Yeah, because it's, we just can't create a new world if you're only good at the one thing. We need you to like spiritually grow to be like adaptive and flexible and creative. Um, Adrian Marie Brown has this image of like justice needs to be like a flock of starlings, these flocks of hundreds of thousands of birds that are all flying and are dynamic. And have you ever seen those birds? Like when the wind comes, like all the flock is able to adjust at the same time. Like that's what we need to be like, is this like flock of like hundreds of thousands of people who are adjusting to what is going on fluidly without bumping into each other and embodying Jesus in the process. That's what we're trying to do. Um, and I just want to name that if you are someone who is new to Christianity, if you're someone who um, doesn't, who's like, I'm not sure if I believe in God or I'm not sure if I believe in Jesus, like one of the toeholds that you can have is just be like, you know, Jesus was a cool guy who did cool things and we can learn from that. And if that's where you're at, like I, I totally, uh, there's a lot of folks at New City who are in a whole spectrum of places and I'm, we're glad that you can have that conversation here. Just personally, though, um, I find that to be so, um, like, it's like watching the trailer of a movie without watching the movie. <laughs> like, I find life in God or life with Jesus so full and abundant and energizing and envisioning so... Um, real. It's like when I'm praying and I'm encountering God, it's like 
not only is this real, not only is God real, but it is the most real thing. And that's important because the empire is trying to convince you that the lies are the most real thing. We just have to be, uh, we just have to brutalize each other. People are just naturally going to have, be violent to each other. There, that's all we can do. That is a lie. That is a dirty lie. There has to be a racial hierarchy. That is a dirty lie. Someone has to lose. That is a dirty lie. We can't afford healthcare for everyone. That is a dirty lie. And like when I pray, it's like I'm encountering reality. Like I'm like getting an, in touch with like what it really means to be alive. And that's important because as I'm trying to go out and create justice, there's all these folks trying to tell me all these sorts of lies. And I have this lifeline that's saying there is something that is real beyond that. It is a source of love, of liberation, a source of forgiveness and joy that will never stop. This is why I love God. And, and um, I just want to name that, um, like, however you choose to do it, I really urge you to find a love that supports your soul even when you make really bad mistakes. Whether it's faith in Jesus or something else that, uh, whatever, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't know what else that could be, but I also am not going to colonize your spirituality. Like, whatever it is, just find something that convinces you that you are so deeply loved that, like, you can go and show up to the hard thing. And for me, that's Jesus, and I strongly encourage people to try Jesus out. If that's not where you're at, just, like, find this Find your anchor, find the tether, find reality, because life is so hard and there's a lot of lies being told to you all the time. And if we're to really establish justice, establish a new world, we need something so, so much deeper. Amen? Amen. Amen.